0: Welcome to the fourth season of the Coaching Cast, your working from home manager's club. Regardless of where you're working right now, at home, in the office, or a blend of both, or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you at the Coaching Cast. I'm Susie, sales and business coach at Future Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date parenting a two year old who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned.
1: And I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching. Personal performance coach, leader, and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo, which suffocates
0: rather than advocates. In this podcast, we explore all things work related matters impacting you at work right now, presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints, and tips for you to take away and try for yourself. We hope you enjoy listening. Today we're talking about how to ask for what you want at work, whether that's a pay rise, a promotion, flexible working, extra holiday, help with a project, the list goes on and on. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get into this week's episode, Lisa, how are you today? I'm
1: good. I'm good. I'm recovering from a busy few days. Valentine's Day was yesterday, so I'm recovering from Valentine's Day as well. So we had a busy day. It was good. It was fun. It wasn't oh. it was a Monday. So we did do a little bit of work in the morning, but we gave ourselves the afternoon off and the evening to indulge in a combination actually of mutual love so we did go out for dinner last night right that doesn't sound as dodgy as I meant it to I was
0: gonna say that sounds quite dodge
1: <laughs> no it was where we going um, with this story it, it was too hot here for any of that yesterday <laughs>
0: um
1: but we did go out for a really nice meal yesterday which was really fun but I also indulged in some self-love yesterday so I went and had a facial Ooh, I know, fancy, nice. eh? Fancy. Fancy. Not fancy. So I don't generally have facials. I had a facial hmm, probably about five, four years ago, five years ago, maybe now. Okay. As part of my pre-wedding preparation. I thought, you know, got yeah, I want my skin to look incredible on the day. So I thought I'd have a facial. It didn't really go to plan. I said facial. In that I think my skin was worse off afterwards. Mm. So my mother-in-law kindly, my stepmother-in-law kindly bought me a voucher for her skin clinic here in Cape Town as a present for my birthday. And I thought, well, it's been a long time since I've had a facial. I'm in a different country. So I thought I'd go and check it out. So I had a yeah. facial yesterday and it was brilliant. I loved it. One thing I will say, and I have checked this with my stepmother-in-law because I'm obviously not au okay fait with facials in the UK, but it was very thorough. As in, and intense, I might add, but it involved having my eyebrows tidied up and oh, my upper lip waxed, which is something I've never experienced before. Oh, right. Wow. It was very thorough, wasn't it? Yes. And I have to, well, I mean, I was lying there and she said, J- do you want me to tidy up your upper lip? You know, I don't know what it is about being asked that sort of question. As in, it's the kind of realization that yes, maybe it is obvious to others. <laughs> That you have a shadow there I mean I have got very dark hair it is a curse at times so I was like well while you're there you might as well <laughs> and out came the wax and she was like and I'm just going to tidy up your nasal hair and I was like my nasal
0: hair I was like okay I was thinking oh my god I don't oh know, think I'm prepared goodness. for this yeah um, this is um, like next level facial isn't it
1: well quite and I
0: was thinking oh my
1: god she's going to take my nasal hairs out and then it made me think of season one of this podcast yes. I'm talking to Mike Mayer. Yes, in like, absolutely. What, which episode? What is it? Like the third episode? About, it's the third episode of season one. Yeah. Talking about motivating yourself and others. And we brought on Mike yeah. to talk about the importance of, you know, healthy breathing and how that contributes to good sleep. And he said about it's wrong to remove your nasal hair. Yeah. You he said, do filters. not touch <laughs> them bad boys.
0: You leave them
1: well alone. But in a moment of, you know, thinking of my, you know, thinking of what I appeared like, you know, thinking about my appearance and maybe being a little bit vain, I was like, well, I don't want like big spidery nose hairs either. So out came those. No, I mean she didn't take them all out. I've still got some nasal hairs left, I think. But she's took the ends off. But f- yeah, I mean, that was an experience. Yeah. So hair? well, yeah. I mean, it made my eyes stink. I think they were watering. She kept going, Are you all right? And I was like, Yeah. Um, but oh yeah, so interesting. So I don't, yeah, my upper lip feels uh, pretty amazing. But now, obviously, I've got to maintain this because I'm not looking forward to the stubble because that's going to be uncomfortable, isn't it? I've already warned Dom, my husband. I was like, (laughs) because he he was like, right, you're going to have to keep this up now. I was like, yeah, I know. I mean, the lady, the beautician did reassure me it's not going to come back darker and thicker. But have you seen the hair on my head? It's like that everywhere. So my experience (laughs) is the more you take out, the more grows back. So I'm going to look, you know, Call me
0: Don Juan. I'm gonna. Look like, <laughs> I'm gonna look like I've got a moustache, probably. We're certainly gonna have an uptake in people who watch this on YouTube.
1: Yeah, because they're gonna want to check out
0: new appearance. So I'm going in for the close up. Oh yeah, she really is on the camera there. Fresh, um, fresh, absolutely fresh as a baby. I'd yeah. say. no shadows today. Oh gosh. Mm. So yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? When you're on a screen a lot, because obviously you and I do a lot of work on. Um, zoom mainly uh, as do many of our cbb's yeah and you do end up kind of like looking at yourself a lot of the time because it's just you and your face especially if you do training which i do like you end up kind of looking at yourself a lot and you are a bit like oh gosh what what this, you know I could just do with like a little bit of a reduction of the shadow here and a little bit of this there <laughs> um it's really bad um way to go but um no well I'm glad you I'm glad you're looking sharp feeling good we're yeah. on it yeah and uh, thoroughly you enjoyed know, it we're well you know, good stuff good stuff how you spend your valentine's day quite and you've got big news, I've to, got big sh- news to share day. with
1: our CBVs it's a step forward, step forward in the
0: progressive growth of the coaching cast. We've gone up a level. We've absolutely gone up a level. <laughs> Stand back, CBBs, <CBeebies>, because <laughs> I am excited to announce we've got merch. Woo! Woo! So anybody who is listening to us are probably like, what the hell is going on? So I have got a mug here, which has got the coaching cats written on it. Um, so we've got some merch that we have um, started to develop and use. And alongside our mug, I've also got here, I don't know if you can see it on the screen because of the, the light and the camera. But I've got a little notepad here. And on it, it says one of our absolute favourite Bullshit bingo lines capturing hearts and minds. <laughs> because who doesn't want a bullshit bingo inspired notepad whilst they're exactly. working? <laughs> exactly. So we've
1: we've arrived. This 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 podcast is escalating. We're escalating, guys. It's you know we've got merchandise. So if you're interested in having your own coaching cast mug or bullshit bingo <laughs> pad, all you need to do is send us an email to hello at the coachingcast.co.uk. And we'll send you
0: some some merchandise. Prices some merch. will apply. But you
1: know, yeah.
0: Any influence out influences out there, you know, big Instagram following who would like to showcase our merch on their Instagram page. Please get in touch, uh, as Lisa suggests. But no, all good. It's actually a really nice mug, I have to say. Um, I was quite impressed when I got it. I was like, we've done quite a good job there, like quite like that. Um <laughs> So, yeah, big news, big news this week in the world of the coaching cast. We've literally uh, got merch. Um, Also, I had a week where my toddler has gone up a level in terms of sass. Don't know where it gets that from. Probably me. Um, But Lisa and I had a call on Friday, didn't we, with our um, podcasting mentor extraordinaire, which we posted about on our Instagram page and for those of you who follow us on Instagram you've seen we had a little picture, we had a little guest with us didn't we, during that conversation which was my uh, two year old <laughs> because I look after him on a Friday Um, so he was with me, sat on my knee causing absolute carnage on my desk, he broke my staple like, oh, I was gutted I love my staple, I use it all the time how did he do
1: that?
0: threw it on the floor
1: Oh, the standard toddler move so anyway, the sass has
0: gone up a level <laughs> So I took working mum to a whole new level on Friday, trying to have this professional, you know, really good conversation with Lisa uh, and a lovely podcasting mentor. And Arthur is just lobbing um, staplers around the, the place. But yeah, that's sass, oh goodness me, it's keeping me on my toes this week. That is for sure. Um, which I think is an interesting segue into our topic today, which is about asking for what you want at work, which I think you can take inspo from a toddler any day on this one. So, should we get into it? Yes, with that tenuous link, let's go. (laughs) Let's go. On the 4th of February, the Bank of England governor advised workers that they should not ask for big pay rises at the moment, to stop prices rising out of control. Now, one thing is for sure, Lisa and I are definitely not experts in economics. But this statement did get us thinking, how do you approach asking for what you want at work and in a way which is authentic to you, as well as ensuring you are successful in your mission? When it comes to asking for what we want at work, many of us struggle to directly ask for it. We are afraid or embarrassed and often think, well, if I really deserve this thing, then they will offer it to me. And so we struggle biting the bullet and saying, here's what I want and why. Also from my work in sales, the same principle can also be applied when communicating with customers or clients. So Lisa, have you ever found yourself in this position at work? So
1: I think it's really interesting because I love your comment that actually we're often afraid or embarrassed about asking for what we want. And I do agree in respect of that belief potentially that some of us have that actually if they felt I was deserving of this, they would just give it to me. And that notion of recognition and wanting to have recognition for what you do yeah, and not necessarily having to raise that as a request to people, as in like, have you not noticed what I've been doing? So I think for me, when I think about this topic, I think about, one of my values that I want to move away from. So we've talked about values before in terms of values that you want to move towards, that you want more of in your life. Actually, we also have values we we want to keep away from as well. And one of mine is rejection. So I know for a fact that often what stops me from asking for things that I want is the fact of receiving a no. And because no, as we, I think we're all aware of, no is like the shortest, most powerful, impactful word I think that exists. <laughs> it's two letters, <laughs> but it can have such an impact. It can, And it means so much, doesn't it? I mean, how do you, trying to navigate a no, you know, when you think about it, it's tough. And that's actually what made me laugh when you mentioned Arthur there, your toddler, and the fact of when they're becoming really sassy and they're just like, no. No, you can't do much with that. So it kind of reminded me of that. But I think in terms of my experience of this and. I have to admit, this is where I start thinking about an approach where I feel comfortable to take it, you know, we're not we don't all have the same style we're not all really direct and I don't think that is a bad thing I do think sometimes there's this view that like we should all be especially from a female perspective I think this is really true you know we should all be more assertive and go-getters and confident and just take what we want we should be more male and actually for some of us that's just not our styles and that's something that takes a bit of effort and practice to get into. And I know it is for me in certain contexts, and especially when it comes to things like money in work context. So the way in which I've found this works for me is actually thinking about, right, what do I really want to do? Like, what work do I want to do? What role do I want to play? What do I want to fill my day with more? How do I make that happen for myself? And then link that to Uh, monetary reward because for me that's logic it means actually I'm taking the right approach and that I'm doing things I really want to do and for me that's really important I don't just want to be paid loads of money to do something I'm not interested in yeah because it won't last but if I approach it from that way and I start demonstrating the value I'm adding then I can logically in my mind link that to cash and that's the approach I take so historically when I've wanted more of anything, whether that be, as I said, a particular like responsibility or a particular task or a particular team or whatever it is, I've created opportunities within my role to to do that, to make it happen. And so that's meant often, actually, I've taken quite a lot of sideways moves in my career. Which I really couldn't encourage, like m- people to do more of, like be flexible, be open minded. Yeah, and actually those sideways moved, moves have helped me to gradually move upwards and take on more responsibility. And at those points, they've been connected with higher reward, monetary wise. And for me, that's that's a way that I've been able to do it that's felt comfortable that's felt authentic to me because it's about me doing more of actually what I want to do and making my job feel more fulfilling. And then being able to logically link that to money so that I feel confident to justify that value. I think, as I said, that's, does it take a bit more time potentially, you know, could I have got more quicker if I'd been more direct? Maybe. But I do think it's important to come back to your point that you stressed in the opening, which is how do you get what you want in a way that you feels authentic to you? Yeah. That achieves what you want. And I think that is how, for me personally, I'm able to do that. And it helps me to like manage that, if you like, in some ways, that fear of the rejection. Yeah. Because I have to admit, I've been thinking about this quite a lot, actually over the last couple of weeks when we've talked about values when we've talked about self-belief actually that's I think one of the strongest influences on me about potentially why I don't do certain things or why I get anxious about things it is that rejection so yeah that's kind of the way I was thinking about it I mean what about for you in your Experience when this has happened, like when you've wanted something, you've wanted to make a change for yourself. Because, as you said, it's not just about asking for more money. It could be actually just asking for more flexibility, asking for um a different project, whatever. When you've wanted to something at work, how have you approached it?
0: Yeah, so I've had I've been in a couple of instances in my career so far where I have asked for either something different or more of something, which has mainly been financially driven, the more kind of piece. Um, So I have asked for a pay rise previously when I was in my corporate career, which I actually was successful in getting. And that is because I Asked for it once I had already demonstrated the additional responsibility that would have come with that, so yeah. I felt a lot more confident. I already had proof points to show why that was needed. Yeah, if you know, if we all go in, we'd all love to earn more money. Let's be real about it. I absolutely would. It makes life, you know, freer for everybody. You know more possibilities. It makes the world go round to a, to an extent. Um. But going in cold and just being like, oh, I just like more money, (laughs) Um, probably not the best approach, if I'm totally honest, in terms of getting that outcome. Um, So for me, in that situation, I wanted to prove to others and myself, actually, that I could do a role at a higher level, a more senior level that came with more responsibility of which then came with um, a higher salary. And um, I was able to do that. And I was very fortunate I had that opportunity. But equally, I was then very firm that I was already doing it. So actually, yeah. it was then a requirement to kind of um, catch everything up in, in that sense. I've also been in the position where I asked for a sabbatical mm-hmm. okay, in my corporate career. So an element of kind of flexible working, so to speak, a change to my work, ordinary working pattern. Um And I was absolutely petrified going into that conversation of asking for that sabbatical because it was something that um, I'd never done before. It was something that was very personal to me. So I was going to spend that time working on gaining my coaching qualification. So it was about my own personal development and taking myself out of my ordinary, normal working pattern in order to focus in on something to benefit myself and my personal growth and development. And I can remember before I had that conversation, how I was going to prep for it, what my actual ask was, how I was going to approach it, how I was going to kind of lead into asking for it. I just totally overcomplicated it in my mind. And when I actually got to it, I remember kind of my line manager's reaction was just like really good and really simple and was like, yeah, okay, fine. Send me some more detail and I'll absolutely kind of consider it, have conversations with the right people and we'll see where we get to. Like, and. In my head, I kind of just thought they would immediately have been kind of like archaically like, no, <laughs> no, 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 stop. You must remain here all the time for all the hours and days you are contracted for. Um, and so I've been in that situation where that actually made me feel more wobbly, actually, asking for something that I wanted because I didn't have any proof point, any validation of something that had already happened around what the benefit of it was going to be. It was in Mm. the future. Mm. Um, So it's an interesting one. And I think for me personally, where I know I can already talk about things that I've delivered or don't have demonstrable value related to that ask i'm much more confident mm. in um having that conversation and being clear around what it is that i want and what i'm asking for where i don't have that in that situation around the sabbatical um i found that more challenging mm. um so yeah it's kind of an interesting you know dynamic at play interestingly was when i was also reflecting and thinking about this for today now i have my own business i am a lot more confident Around my asks and asking clients and customers for what it is that I want. If we're in those types of conversations, because I think I'm more comfortable and a bit more assertive. Like I'm not passive around where I bring value, and I think that's because I've done a lot of work, fortunately, on myself, but also on in terms of my experience, my expertise, what I offer, etc. Um, and I believe in that, and so again, I have you know, found that not as challenging as when I was in the corporate environment and I was up against a lot of people probably having those conversations, but they were more visible to me. Whereas at the minute... I I work for myself, there probably are lots of other people having the same conversations, coaches, trainers, et cetera, et cetera, but they aren't particularly visible to me in my day-to-day, so I kind of forget about them. So that yeah. makes me more assertive in my yeah. approach. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I think what you raise is a really
1: good point there, which is in this whole conversation that we're having, you will put yourself in a much stronger position if you can already articulate the value you add because you have already understood it and identified with it like first. Because I think you there saying that you're clear about the value you bring, what you're offering, you can discuss that tangibly. Therefore, you can stand by then what you ask for. I think that can be true of any of us. That's true in a work context if you are in the corporate world, that actually if you're really clear about, what your deliverables are, and how you do that, and what differentiates you, then you can value that, and therefore then articulate it to other people. But it has to start with how you value yourself first. And I do think at times, what stops a lot of us from asking for what we want, is we haven't either necessarily thought about it clearly enough to be able to articulate it clearly and confidently. And potentially, we're not necessarily giving ourselves the time to actually think about how we do value what we do because I do think sometimes when we're all in our flow and we're just doing what we do we can become quite dismissive of how fantastic that actually is you know we become a bit forgetful of actually all that skill that we're demonstrating that is something to celebrate that is something to be recognized just because we find it easy and we do it all the time and it's like a you know it's just um a subconscious way of working it it becomes a habit for us doesn't mean it's any less valuable Mm. so I think it's important to really make that connection with yourself and to honor it to yourself to enable you then to ask for it because I think of it in terms of when I've been able to be much more assertive in asking for what I want is when I am starting a job so especially in that whole offer negotiation period at that point I actually never have any qualms about asking for the things I want and it's because I'm not associating it to anyone else I'm making it about me I'm going in I don't know them I don't know anyone else in that organization. I don't have comparison points like you mentioned, which I think is a really interesting one. It's just about me. And I think at that stage, I'm like, sod it. I have an opportunity here. I'm going into a brand new organization. This is how I value myself. I'm going to ask for that. And actually, I always add on about 10% extra as well, because I think, well, sod it. I've got a negotiation space. But also, I think what I always think of is, is that whole term, if you don't ask, you don't get absolutely and i think absolutely. that's true if you don't ask yeah. you don't get and what's the worst thing that can happen at that point they'll say no they'll come in with a different offer but at least you're having a conversation and you're putting yourself in control and you're leading with what you want you know god if you've got the opportunity to do that you should always take it i think it's then interesting how potentially that dynamic changes once you're in an organization yeah um because i i totally agree with what you said around actually then you have got comparison points and then you are part of a bigger piece and there are other people where potentially having that conversation and you suddenly become really acutely aware of everyone yeah, else and I know that I start then at times using that as a way to talk myself out of it rather than just going who cares like I'm still important it's still about me you know it's it's a really interesting one that is
0: yeah and I think it's probably right for us as well to bring a different lens into the discussion at this point because we don't want to take away from the fact that in order to have these conversations especially in organizations and you still can have these conversations if you work for a small to medium-sized business as Mm. well but there has to be an element of psychological safety at play people have to you have to feel comfortable that you're going to be safe having these conversations and it's not going to be held against you there's not going to be a penalty there and so I think it's prudent at this point, we perhaps just touch upon some research that we found um, in this practice episode, which is from Forbes, which basically suggests that for a woman, a woman in the workplace, a person of colour or LGBTQ, people find doing this incredibly challenging due to the perceived risk Mm. of there being consequence to being Mm. clear around asking for what it is that you want and I do think as in certainly my experience of being a woman in the workplace um and talking to male counterparts and colleagues in some instances that they uh, were a lot more assertive and a lot more confident in having these conversations, natu- more naturally than I would have been. I still have them at various points in my career as I've kind of mentioned but probably maybe not quite as frequently in some instances as I should have um, and I was aware of kind of tiptoeing around it, going hoping that somebody would see what a great job I was doing or how i th- you know, think I should have a, they should offer me a sabbatical to help me become a coach. And here it is on a plate and here you go. And that is not the reality of um, a lot of workplaces. And I think, yeah, it's important that we kind of bring that lens into the conversation here. Mm.
1: There are, it would be the same for women. I think people of color, LGBTQ, there are already so many different various judgments and prejudices being juggled that I think then being assertive and asking for what you want with that concern of that all being around you and that you know as you said that fear of consequence I think that's all playing into there for sure. I also think and this has come from listening a lot to Elizabeth Day's um, How to Fail podcast and I know she's talked about it in her findings is that from her experience talking a lot to a real mixture of men and women of all different backgrounds, different, um, you know, genders, even sexual preferences, there is a real acute difference around the fear of failure, that mm-hmm. actually, n- the men she's spoken to in a lot more, um, it's a lot more common that they just don't have it. So there's not that fear there, of it's just, it becomes part of the the learning, it's not it's all part of, and, and actually they don't necessarily even have it in their mindset that they're going to fail. And even yeah. when things have gone wrong, they, no, they don't necessarily view it in that way. They don't mm. get stuck there. Um, and I do think, you know, having, and I go back to this rejection piece, I think asking for what you want and then not getting it can then play into that, that, that realm of it was a failure. So yeah, it's a really interesting one. As I said, I don't think it's straightforward and i do think it's very complicated i think there's so many layers there
0: but it doesn't absolutely. surprise me at all absolutely so let's let's kind of think then about what are the risks in not having these types of conversations because it would be very Easy and understandable. Building on the conversation we've just had, around thinking, actually, I'm not going to ask for what it is that I want at work. As we said, that doesn't necessarily have to be about money and a pay rise. That can be a change in working pattern. That can be help with a, um, a project or a particular piece of work. So, yeah, what do you think some of the risks are in in not addressing it?
1: Well, you know, to not to oversimplify it, but I mean, the most obvious one is that you don't get what you want. And I do think it comes back to what I said before, which is if you don't ask, you don't get. And if you're not clear about what your wants are, whether that's monetary, whether it's anything, actually, if you're not clear about that and you're not asking for it, other people, I don't think you can expect them to know that. I don't think you can expect people to just assume that they understand what you're looking for. And let's be honest, I do think naturally as well, you're not, going to be given more if people don't feel they have to give it to you (laughs) which I know might sound a bit of an odd thing to say but at the end of the day I think that's true people aren't just going to shower you with extra stuff um if they actually don't feel that they need to do that so I think actually asking for what you want is so important because actually you get what you want you get to do what you want that will help you to become more confident more fulfilled you'll be happier because you're, you know, you're feeling as though actually I'm going out, I'm in control, I'm taking accountability. All of that is so empowering. So that really helps you to strengthen, I think, your self-belief and um, your self-efficacy, which are all positives. And you're just getting more. I think if you don't do it, the risk is, is that you become resentful, you become disgruntled, you'll become frustrated and I think, look, don't forget as well, the more that you're getting from every role that you do and potentially in every organization, the more you're setting yourself up to get more again the next time. Because I think it gives you that gradual growth. And once you're on that ladder, you can keep going. And that gives you that stepping stone to for the next opportunity to ask for more again. Because as I always remind myself of in my own personal practice, my own coaching practice, every year I gain more experience. I get more learning. I do more potentially training at times and I'm investing in myself every year. That means for me, every year I become more worthwhile. I become more of value. So therefore I can equate that to what I then charge myself out at clients It's the same as you change through your
0: jobs and you go through your career. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely, And it's the same with customers and clients as well from that perspective. If you are in a conversation where you're trying to negotiate an extension on the deadline or you're trying to put your rate up or whatever it is, those principles that Lisa's just been through there in terms of the risks of not having that conversation still apply in that particular context and situation. And I think the piece you said there it, around you give up your control is absolutely spot on because let's take it away from the work dynamic at the minute in the work situation because you wouldn't go to the hairdressers, would you? And not ask for what you want. You wouldn't just sit in the chair. Well, I wouldn't and go, yeah, no do whatever do what just do whatever you fancy today like you would absolutely go and tell them to an extent what it is that you're looking for today from that hairdressing appointment whether that's a color a cut etc etc you know you have a rough idea and actually um if you don't do that then you're giving up total control total control of the situation that you then find yourself in and the outcome that is then generated once you leave that hairdressing appointment and you don't like your hair (laughs) because you haven't clearly asked for what it is that you wanted. Um, And, you know, people can't second guess, that hairdresser cannot second guess what is in your mind at that point and what it is that you're looking for and also what you deserve as well. And, And also, you know, if you are thinking about doing this and your line manager or the person you need to have a conversation with has more than one direct report and again this can be both for a small medium business or a large organization you know that's even harder they're they're not going to have the capacity and the time let's be real to be sat there second guessing for everybody who's in their team what it is they should be offering to them um they just don't that's just not the reality of of the situation and, and of what's going to happen. So taking the ownership and, and taking control as much as you can and, and being clear around that ask what it is that you want and why that is um, will help you kind of generate those next steps and, and hopefully that momentum in terms of getting um, what it is that, that you're looking for. So I appreciate that what we're talking about here is all massively underpinned by confidence and we've kind of touched upon it in our conversation so far but how do we gain the confidence to to have this conversation and to ask for what it is we're looking for at work
1: I think and I've just been dwelling on this actually is through what you were talking about there and and talking about putting ourselves in position of power and control and do you know what I think there is a massive stigma around this and for asking for what you want. And I do think it's a stigma that potentially does resonate more in females and those already slightly disadvantaged groups, I think, more so than potentially in the men groups. And I was thinking about, well, why is that? But there is a stigma around it. And I think there is an element of actually the stereotype of the fact that men are more assertive men are more arrogant and that being acceptable and anyone else playing in those spaces it's not and so I think there is a stigma that's associated to this which then holds some of us back because of the perception and the perception that it's okay for men to be like that but it's not okay for others to be like that does that make sense and actually, all of it's absolute bollocks. I mean, when it comes down to it, asking for what you want is okay. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's it's totally allowed. You're allowed to ask for what you want. You're allowed to look after yourself. You're allowed to do things to make your life better and easier, actually suffering is not a badge of honor like why do we love to wallow in that like (laughs) I know that that's true and I know it has been true of myself as well so I'm not talking about this as though I don't do it I do but I think in terms of that confidence piece and for asking what we want I think it is remembering that exact thing that actually it is okay to ask for what you want there is nothing wrong with that it is actually the right thing to do to put yourself in a position of power to be in control because that way you are only doing really all that you can to get the outcome you want. And that has surely got to be a better position than sitting on the fence and Mm. having your life being controlled by others and, um, you know, getting bitter about it. So I think holding that in your head and thinking, do you know what? I'm okay to do this. It's, It's allowed. I have every right. I think it comes back to that, which I thought was interesting what you said, and it's definitely true of um my experience which is really thinking about planning out what exactly is you're asking for and thinking about actually what am I asking for and what is my offer in return Mm. you know or to the example you gave it could be that you're doing this respective retrospectively so you're saying well this is what I'm offering you and this is what I'm doing so this is what I want in return and flipping it that way around but I think actually if you can do that You're demonstrating we're in a partnership here is a two way arrangement. I do this and I get this and back. And that's reasonable. That's fair, I think. Um, And I think it's thinking about actually to help drive you around this is thinking about the consequences of not asking. Like, what is going to happen if you don't? Because would you rather stay there in that place? Or why don't you focus on what could happen? by asking for it and I think for me that's where that confidence piece I think is built from it's the preparation and I think it's just holding some helpful thoughts that are productive in your head to keep you on that path I think as a starting approach like as a starting point anyway um, and then really thinking about when you're planning like what's the approach you're going to take and language wise You know, really be that specific. How are you going to phrase this in a way that you feel really comfortable with that gives you that confidence? Yeah. Because actually, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we talk in general, completely can change the way that we feel and the way that we hold ourselves, which, you know, can put you in a place of strength. And also
0: is authentic to you. We talked about that at the start of this episode. If, you know, if you go in and you're not a particularly directive person, okay, and you're not, maybe naturally assertive and the people who work with you, the people you're having a conversation with don't necessarily kind of see those attributes um, in terms of the way that you talk and the way you present yourself. If you suddenly go in and put an ultimatum in front of them, they're going to be like, what? <laughs> like this is not the, you know, least that we knew. Do you know what I mean? Like this is not the least we know and love and value because, I'm a bit confused. And that will take them away from what it is you're actually asking for. So you absolutely have to think about the approach that you take and how you plan and enter and intro that conversation. Because actually, if you nail that, it will then build momentum and it will flow. It will will carry on from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the piece around asking for what you want is also really important but also your shopping list. And we use this term in sales a lot. So yes, you absolutely need to be clear around what it is that you want. But also what's your shopping list in terms of the things that you will be able to compromise on as well. Because Mm. then you'll feel more clear and you're more confident if whoever it is that, You're talking to comes back and says well we can't do this but we can do this you'll know how that fits in terms of your things that are important to you and what you're willing to compromise on and the things that you're not Mm. because they are what you hold dearest and, and what you value the most so really thinking in your prep not only about how you're going to approach the conversation the clarity of your ask, but also where, what's my shopping list? Mm. What does it look like in terms of the things that I'm willing to compromise on is also a really piece of important prep, I think, in, in, in getting ready for um, conversations such as this. Um, and also, if you can, putting yourself in the other shoes of that person or people, if you're having a conversation with more than one person, you know, what do you think about them? What what are their needs? What are their wants? try and anticipate from what you know about them how they may respond Mm. and hopefully respond not react to the conversation because then you'll be better prepared you'll be forearmed in terms of how they then respond and react and you'll feel more in control and it won't take you by surprise as much Mm. hopefully um when you know that kind of happens you're you're there and you think I knew this was going to happen and this is how I thought I was going to respond to it when this happened and I'm still in control because you know stuff absolutely goes up can can go a little bit um off plan but yeah I you know absolutely uh got this for sure so top tips then for asking for what you want at work what what are your top tips Lisa on this particular one So I think my top tips for asking what you want at work is
1: step one, that point around be clear in your mind that this is absolutely okay to do, that what you're doing is allowed and it's about doing the right thing for yourself. So you're putting yourself in the position of control. So I really think it's that if you don't ask, you don't get and there's nothing wrong with doing it. So that's got to be my first one because yeah. there is the stigma around this is ridiculous. But we all make this so much worse for ourselves because that's what we think about. So that's number one. I think my other tip is do your planning. So really think about what are you asking for and what are you offering in return? Or as we explained, you could flip that round the other way, which is, look, you're offering this. So because of that, what you'd like to ask is, is this. So I think it's um, doing your planning around that so that you're prepared for what you're going to say. So really think about then your approach and as I said, the language you're going to use. And I think be comfortable that actually it fits in line with how you want to come across so that you feel comfortable about what you're doing. So stay true to yourself and be confident in that approach. Don't try and do it like somebody else. Don't think you need to do, you know, be too much of one, don't be assertive, don't be overly assertive, don't be, you know, do it in a way that you feel comfortable with that's true to you because you'll be more successful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And do not do it over email is my other top tip. That is a great top tip. Yes. Whatever you do, have a flipping conversation. I know it's going to maybe make you feel uncomfortable. okay, but it might work out. You might get what you want, but it's got an even better chance of working out if you do it face to face either zoom or you know ideally face-to-face yeah but as a conversation do not construct what you want in an email please because emails gets misinterpreted they um not be as clear as we want the intention it can be slightly misconstrued so my final top tip is please please please, please have a conversation <laughs>
1: Every other week, we share a question from one of our listeners, our CBBs, who have contacted us to help them with a problem. Today, we have a a question from CBB Chris in Stockport, who has emailed this to us. So Chris says, I recently went for a promotion at work, which I didn't get. I'm struggling with the rejection, feeling really embarrassed and wondering, how can I now be successful at work? Please, can you share your thoughts and tips with me? So, yeah, so firstly, sorry, Chris, that you didn't get the promotion. can really feel the pain there. I know how disappointing it is. It's so tough, this situation. Um, I know that we've both been there, haven't we, Suze? We have. So what would be your advice to Chris to help him in this current situation?
0: So the first thing I'd say, Chris, is here is a little virtual CBB hug for you. I'm kind of doing it now. Um (laughs) because I know I've been here, it is not nice, it's tough. Um rejection when we don't get things that we're hoping for and that we would we want it hurts. It's a real blow. Um and actually although it's a bit stingy at the minute and and that's fine for it to be i would really encourage you to kind of feel those feels at the moment and kind of let those emotions in and and really kind of um don't block them or push them down they're real they're true to you at the minute and they're really important that you acknowledge them um and for me, when I was in this situation, I'd say it took me a good kind of week or so before I was ready to start thinking about how I move forward, how I move on, what I've learned. So don't rush yourself is my is my main kind of suggestion here is don't rush yourself. It's okay. Take a bit of time. Um. And yeah, it's, it's not the nicest of situations and kind of just be okay with that. Lisa, have you got any thoughts? I think... To build on that, what I would say is, look, you have nothing to be embarrassed about.
1: You've put yourself in a challenging position. You've stretched yourself. You've taken a risk. You've made yourself vulnerable. And you should be proud of yourself for that. It's always challenging when you go for promotions inside an organization where you're established and people know you. You've got an audience. And that is tough to then fail, if you like, in front of an audience. But the point is, is that no successes ever came from sitting still and doing absolutely nothing. And all of our journey to success requires a couple of setbacks along the way. Failure is all part of that. You know, some of the most successful people in our society today experienced multiple failures before they got there. And I think it's being accepting of that you know, you should be proud of yourself for taking the challenge and trying to push yourself on. And that's nothing to be embarrassed about. I think it's important, as Susie said, to take some time because I think when you're in this space of feeling quite exposed, you know, uncomfortable, it's all very raw, it's important to just not be reactionary to that and to make decisions that actually are only true of how you feel right now not necessarily how you're going to feel over a bit of time once you've processed it. So I think it's important to, as Susie says, just take the time and don't do anything rash because I I have seen people, not for me personally, but who then very quickly kind of made the decision, well, there's nothing here for me, so I'm off and then come to regret that. So I think just, yeah, be take the time, be steady, And then I think when you're ready is to start thinking about what you can learn from the experience, because I think there will be a lot of positives that you can take away from this that will help you to ensure that you get the promotion the next time. And I think that does involve getting feedback. You know, if you haven't already had the feedback from the process, get it, because actually it's important for you to get it so that you're learning and you're actually getting the the true facts from the situation because I think when you get rejected you immediately just feel pain and as though you're rubbish uh but that's never true and I'm sure there'll be lots of positives that will come out that will help you to um feel confident about what you have done and some learning points of what you can do better next time either way sorry that this has happened to you but believe me it will be part of your learning experience, part of that journey. We love that word, don't we, easy, the journey. And it's all part of this story of yours to to get the successful promotion next time. So if you have a question that you would like us to answer and have featured in this season of The Coaching Cast, you can get in touch with us by emailing hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or don't forget, you can always message us on Instagram at thecoachingcast.com
0: it's now time for bullshit bingo where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace which quite frankly make us cringe today's bullshit bingo is from a cbb who shared this gem with us on linkedin and is ready alignment of synergies lisa thoughts on this beauty alignment of synergies isn't that like mm. saying synergy synergy i thought that i thought that when i read this one um i think it is yeah unless so i synergy, don't understand synergy, synergy. <laughs> which um, is quite which is quite probable
1: <laughs> <laughs> alignment of synergies yeah i just thought that was like saying the same word twice synergy synergy yeah, yeah. is that not the same thing Who know? Mm.
0: No. Mm. Oh,
1: Question. I think I'm getting no, worse no. with these as time
0: goes on. Um, but I do like this one because I think A, it is the same thing said in two different words. And also, again, who knows what this means? Like, where would you use this? Come on. Oh, geez.
1: Yeah, I've no idea. I've never it's used like it. You. I don't even get it.
0: But we love your bullshit bingos. Yeah, honestly. thanks C BB for sharing this they, one with us crack us up and this <laughs> could be one that's on potential future merch yes Who knows? this Who could be knows? a new sticker this could be new on some of our coaching cast merch but whatever uh, bullshit bingos you've got remember we love love hearing from you with them make sure you get in touch you can email us uh, your bullshit bingos at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or you can message us on Instagram <laughs>
1: we are coming to the end of today's episode where we've been discussing how to ask for what you want at work whether that's a pay rise some help with a project or asking a client for something that's important for you so our tips and recommendations from today are number one remember it's okay to ask for what you want if you don't ask you don't get number two It's all in the planning and preparation that will really help you with feeling confident about what you're asking for. So think about what those asks actually are and what your offers are in return. Think about the approach that you're going to take. Think about the language that you're going to use and create that shopping list of all the things that you want. And those things that are really important for you, your non-negotiables, so that, you know, when it comes to having that conversation You can manage the responses and you know where you're going to move to. Third thing is do it face to face. So as Susie says, whatever you do, do not email it. Do it face to face. Put yourself in a position of real power and strength and make it personable. So don't worry about having to remember all of these tips. We will place them on our Instagram page for you this week, which is where they will always live. Uh, that's also where you'll find the tips from every episode of every season they all sit on the grid so they will be there for you to find
0: we hope you enjoy today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves if you have any questions thoughts or feedback we'd love to hear from you there are three ways you can contact us you can email us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. DM us on Instagram at The Coaching Cast or get in touch through our brand new website, thecoachingcast.co.uk, where you can sign up for updates for new episodes and exclusive Coaching Cast content. Your support means everything. Therefore, if you like what you've heard
1: today and would like to help us grow this podcast, please do us a favor and follow us on Instagram. Leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app and subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen. Don't forget, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel by searching for The Coaching Cast. In next week's episode, we're continuing our discussion on inclusive leadership by talking about how to build a diverse team.
0: We both love music and use it to motivate and energize us as we go into our next meeting. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation to give you positivity and energy as you absolutely go into that next Zoom, Teams or even face-to-face meeting. It's my choice this week and I've chosen Feel the Love by Rudimental. Classic, absolute classic. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, CBBS. Have a great week and remember... You've got this.